Hello, I'm Meredith Harper. Welcome to Ukuleles The New Black, a podcast where I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it, and how it's changed their lives. Today's guest is one of the members of the Ukuleles The New Black House Band, Jim Croft. I've been wanting to get Jim on the show for some time, but because I know he's not really a fan of the limelight, I didn't approach him until now. Fortunately, he said yes, and we had a great chat about experimenting with different tunings, the importance of music theory, and his extensive ukulele collection. Please enjoy. ukulele player introduce yourself hello meredith my name is uh, jim croft and i play the ukulele <laughs> well you are well qualified to be on this show <laughs> now of course i do know you jim croft because you do play in the awesome house band and so i was thinking so you've been doing baritone but you haven't always done baritone have you i'm pretty sure you used to do that eight stringed ukulele probably in our earlier earlier recordings uh, yes, and, and it started even earlier than that. You know, back in uh, uh, when I was a uh, oh, almost a pre-teenager, I was given a small uh, Bruco Number no. Three uh, soprano ukulele, and I've still got it. Oh wow! <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> okay, um, but so we do need to delve into your deep and distant past. I had no idea your ukulele love went that back that far. Well, well, it wasn't really love in those stages. I I I, I played it and I learned you know, three chords, and uh, then I sort of uh, moved on to guitar. And uh, you know, learnt three chords on a guitar. <laughs> was, <laughs> They're harder those three. Chords. Yeah, they were a bit harder. And uh, and, I, and I played guitar for a couple of years during my uh, you know, high school years, but not very well. Just like everybody else, you know, messing around in the bedroom and that, that sort of thing. But then after I finished university, uh, my guitar got stolen, <laughs> and, oh, no. and so I was out an instru- without an instrument. And uh, yeah, it went for years and years and years with it, with it not virtually not playing at all. And then, sort of, you know, career and family got in the way, and uh, it wasn't until I damn that family—they <laughs> always get in the way. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until uh, I'd uh, was approached retirement that I actually picked it up again. So you had that ukulele there the whole time? Oh no, it's, it was it was with my parents for a lot of that time, and uh, oh, okay. um, but it's it's still there. It's it's been restrung numerous times, retuned, I've replaced the tuners. <laughs> I, I still pick it up every now and again and have a have a play of it. it it needs a lot of serious serious luthier work but it's still there <laughs> so jim since then you have bought one or two more ukuleles haven't you yes you said you were going to do an inventory before this chat that you're going to count them yeah, yeah I, I lost uh, lost track at about 35 because because <laughs> then i got to ask myself is this really a ukulele or is it a tenor guitar or is it something else? Maybe it's a <laughs> ukulele banjo or something. So, it just has to be ukulele adjacent, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? So somewhere the other side of 40. Is, and and then, <laughs> then there's a, a pile of uh, student-type uh, ukuleles as well that we lend to people on occasions. Now, and even just behind you, because I love being in your living room there, Jim, because all the walls are covered in ukuleles. But if I look behind you at the moment, I can see a thing with two necks. 
I don't think I've noticed that before. Ah, uh, yeah, that's... Has that always been there? Um, no, no, that that one uh, was probably purchased about 107 days ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so that is the newest one. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the newest one or, or the second newest one. Can you, uh, can you grab it? Sorry, I, w- I won't make you do that with every one of them. I just wanted to see that one. <laughs> oh, no, no, well, this, one this one's the worst, the worst one. It's, uh, uh, unfortunately, I haven't tuned it. it it's a, a K-Mize twin neck. It's, it's like two, two tenor necks on the one tenor body. The top neck is, a, is an eight string, and the, the bottom neck is a four string. Oh, okay. It was tuned uh, like a regular uh, ukulele. My dog has fleas on the bottom, and, yep. and uh, the octave pairs, my dog has fleas on the top. And there wasn't much difference between the two, although one sounded like an eight-string, one sounded like a four-string, but the, the contrast wasn't very great. Yeah, and what's the point of having two if they sound the same? Yeah, so I would have preferred it, you know, if one was baritone and one was tenor, for example, but you know, you, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very economical ukulele, and it's reasonably <laughs> well made. And <laughs> so do you need three hands to play it? Oh, no, you, you, you swap between one neck and the other, and... You can't play both necks at once. Yeah. No, that's what I was thinking. If you had three, had had like two left hands, that would be amazing, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. So, so um, recently I've been experimenting with alternative tunings, and, and one of the tunings is, is sort of uh, uh, the mandolin tuning. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I didn't tune this one up beforehand, so it's it's. it's... That's right. I'm sure you'll demonstrate on a different one anyway. Yeah. Because that's something I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, it was a few weeks ago, wasn't it? The the band, we were having our a Sunday morning Zoom chat, seeing as we can't get together, and you just started whipping out different tuned um, ukuleles and other things and ukulele-adjacent things, and we thought, well, this is fun. So do yeah. you have a mandolin tuning there somewhere? I do. And mandolin tuning is violin tuning, I seem to remember too. Yeah, the, this this one was a was a concert, and uh, I, I bought a set of uh, Aquila fifth-tuned strings, and I've got a... Uh, bought another set, another set, and uh, it turns out that they work on the GDAE set, work on concert and soprano, and the CGDA set work on tenor and uh, and concert. So I, I just tried these on all different combinations, and So you can see it's a, it's it's a lot higher and uh, yeah, um, yeah it's pretty and, and mandolin sounding. So uh, one of the things I've been looking for in playing with with uh, with the house band and other groups is to play a ukulele that doesn't sound the same as every other one. And because it's a, it's a I was going to say a trap, but not 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 a trap, but it's a pattern of ukulele groups is everybody buys ukuleles in the same tuning and they they play the same chords the same way. And uh, after a while, you, you, your ear picks that up, and you think, "Oh, we, we can do better than that." And tuning tuning things in different ways, going high G versus low G is a start. Uh, baritone versus tenor tuning is another. And, and then, uh, you know, with the uh, the eight, eight strings, you can uh, tune the, the lower strings in unison, or you can tune them in octaves, and, and you get this 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 different feel. Oh, of course! I never thought of doing them in octaves. That'd be nice. Now, that one you've got in your hand, um, can you just play the open strings just so listeners know what the tuning sounds like? So so anybody who plays the mandolin or the violin will say, ah, oh, I recognise that. <laughs> yes. So, so um, I, I don't know how I actually – well, if I think about it, I can probably work out how I ended up going down this rabbit hole. And it was uh, – I, I played uh, soprano in concert for a long time, and then I moved on to barit- baritone because uh, – 
uh, or tenor because it was a, a bit bigger and uh, a little bit more comfortable. And then I moved on to the baritone because it was a, a different instrument altogether. And, and uh, it, it was richer and deeper. And I experimented with different tunings, the, the linear tuning with the, the low D or the re-entrant tuning with the high D, and uh, just to get you know different sounds coming out of it. And uh, that was an interesting learning experience because uh, um, the tuning's different, so the chord shapes are, uh, that you're used to are different. But the, the trick I used there was to, uh, to pretend my baritone was a, a tenor the, the fifth fret was the anchor point. So instead of learning to play chords up the neck, which everybody seems to do, I was trying to learn to play chords down the neck. <laughs> so oh, okay. uh, that, 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 that worked out quite well. And then after a while, um, you you seem to just you – ha- you have this mental map of, of things being somewhere along the fretboard and you move up and down from them. And, and the fifth fret was was my anchor. <laughs> so so I moved down, down and, and after a while the baritone became sort of – Intuitive, you know, the muscle memory thing kicked in and all that sort of thing. But uh, then uh, I saw a video by Ken Middleton once on the Quattro, uh, a South American instrument, and basically it was like a, a tenor tuned, but instead of the A string being high, he tuned it an octave lower, replaced it with a thicker string and tuned it an octave lower. And that sounded really nice. So I've done that on a couple of ukuleles, and then I did it on a baritone, and that was gave an extra depth and rich, richness. So... Uh, that, that sort of started the experimenting with different tunings. One of the, ne- the next steps was um, I wanted to get a sound that wasn't nylon strings, and uh, that, that was really, really difficult. So I, try- I tried the uh, wound bass strings, and then that gave a little bit of sound, but I wanted something more twangy. I uh, read about a tenor guitar, and so I ordered one of those uh, from another cheap one from Kmart, so one that I could quite happily butcher and not worry about the... <laughs> the, 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 the price and uh, it came with steel strings and the, the steel strings were tuned uh, uh, CGDA that, that that was quite interesting because I thought, oh yeah it sounds sort of like the, 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 the mandolin shooting I had but lower it was a fifth lower I thought oh that, that's interesting I'll just fiddle around with that for a week and after I fiddle around for a week with the chords somehow or other I got hooked you know, I said, you know, this fifth tuning makes so much sense. It's, uh, it's you don't have that that that, that step of a, a fourth, a fourth, a third, and a fourth that you have in the guitar and the yeah. Because you can, ne- I can never remember which one yeah. is the different. And this one, one here, it's, it's just fifth, 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 fifth. <laughs> so the, the the shapes and the and the, the the arpeggios and the the scales and the chord shapes that they they just just repeat each other all over the place. So it's uh, it's a lot easier to get into. I was I thought I'd be struggling like learning a new instrument. But within a matter of weeks, I could play basic chords. Uh, within a matter of months, I was back up to my beginner level status. <laughs> and uh, I reckon by the end of the year, uh, I'll be up to the same level I was with the, the ukulele beforehand. So I can switch between the, between the two. So sorry, can I see that? It's so that has actually got it, yeah, it's four strings. Yeah, it, it's, it's a it, it's a baritone body with a um, a neck about a, a fret longer. And it comes with steel strings. So I said, oh, it's, it's going to be strong enough for me to experiment with all sorts of tunings without distorting the neck or the body. So it really does blur between ukulele yeah, and guitar, uh, doesn't uh, it? I mean, how, how do you say where one starts and the other ends, <laughs> aside from just yeah, getting yeah, the label? Exactly. So, so this one, <laughs> the intention was to put on a, a set of guitar-like strings, steel strings, uh, DGBE, so I, I could, because thinking that I would be able to just pick up where I was playing before and, and I'd get that steel string sound. So you can see it's got that ring to it. 
Again, I made that, but I always recall it a mistake of just trying out the fifth tuning and I just got sucked in. <laughs> it's a, it has, has that certain ring to it. Yeah, so, so that, that was probably the thin end of the wedge. And then I bought a, a proper uh, tenor guitar, which is you know, um, another several inches longer in the fretboard. But again, it's, it, it's a guitar, not a ukulele, and it feels, feels like a guitar and doesn't sound much different to this, but it, it, uh, you can't sort of sit, lounge comfortably in a chair on the veranda and strum it. You know? <laughs> You've got to sit up formally yep. and look like you're playing a guitar. <laughs> you can't so, lie back in your hammock and play yeah. it. <laughs> so so I, I think, think the, the baritone size is about as big as I want to get. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the other thing was that, that I, I read on um, a mandolin forum about people sort of talking about tuning fists. There's lots of dis- discussions about it. Somebody mentioned, or several people mentioned, that, well, you can approximate it by uh, um, taking your DGBE or, or GCA tuning, leaving the top string where it is, dropping the next lower string one tone, and swapping the, the two bottom strings, just swapping them. And, okay. and so, and that way you end up with the mandolin tuning in, in fifths or the tenor guitar tuning in fifths, but it's, oh. re-ent- but it's re-entrant. <laughs> and you think... Oh, that, that's that's really quite interesting. So then went went out and started picking them all up and re- changing the strings around and trying them out. I said, "Oh, this is really good." I got sucked down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so, Jim, how many pa- packets of strings do you go through each week? <laughs> um, uh, there's quite a lot. I've, I've got a box, and there might be about uh, oh fifty sets of strings in it, maybe. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so I, I keep keep buying them. So I've got. To, a couple of backups of each each tuning and, and that sort of thing. So, and and um, what what is your timing? How long does it take you to change a set? Assuming a four string one. Um, well, it's to, to to change a set of strings. Yeah, um, I could probably do it in about uh, twenty minutes, something like that. Fifteen well, that's twenty not minutes. Bad. Yeah, takes um, me forever because every time I forget how to wind the how to do the bit at the bottom. I don't know why they're not at the bottom. I don't know why every time I forget how to do it and I have to look on YouTube. <laughs> But some of the tunings have been big surprises. Some of them just sound like like you'd expect, like like a mandolin tuning in fifths. But but when you try the reentrant tuning on the the eight string ukuleles, you get this double reentrant effect where you get two two high strings in it. So mm. uh, if I could show on a on an eight string tenor, eight string tenor. Oh, that's yeah, I recognise that one. That's the that's the Carla one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, that one. By by doing this, this this tuning where you put the the two, you swap the two lower strings, the two base, base sets of strings, um, you end up with exactly the same tonal range as, as, the, as the tenor because, because it's gone, uh, gone re-entered. But the, the spacing is, is different. So you end up with this, this hybrid between a, a tenor ukulele and a, a, ten, a tenor guitar. Can you just play the open strings for me? So, so going from, from the uh, nose to toes, as they say, is it? Yep. <laughs> So, yes. so, so you've got this this double reentrant feel to it, and mm. it's, uh, it's 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 something I've really it's it's really drawn to drawn to me. And I did the same thing with the the Carla eight string baritone, which used to be my my weapon of choice. And no, until you broke it by changing all the strings around. <laughs> until I broke it by changing all the strings around, and and now it's that's a.
so it's, it's got a, a, a really nice uh, nice range for, for to accompany people singing. Mm, yeah, it's a really soft sound, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and the tu- tuning on that one is, is, has a similar sort of spacing. If- So, so that one I'm, I've been really, really pleased with. It's become, a, yeah, it's become, become one I've used in a lot of places. Hi, listeners. Now, normally at this point in the show, I ask my guests to play something for me. Because Jim isn't a solo performer, I didn't want to take him out of his comfort zone. So instead, here's a song by our house band, The New Black, which includes Jim playing the baritone. This is Sister Goldenhair. Enjoy. about all the places where you where you play ukulele because there's but aside from playing in ukuleles the new blacks house band 
You also play with another band or two? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I think I'm different to a lot of other ukulele players in that I really am, am not motivated by performing. I, I, I've thought about this a lot. I said, you know, what's going on here? So I don't... I don't <laughs> I'm always I don't surprised really... when you do perform because I think I thought he didn't like performing and there he is, he's doing it again. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, like, I don't like performing and I, when it comes down to it, I don't actually like being performed at but I just love jamming. I, mean, I just love playing with other people. It's 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 uh, it's the highlight of the highlight of the week to be able to sit down with other people and play music. When when I started, I joined several of the ukulele uh, clubs in Canberra. Canberra really is blessed for uh, oh, yeah. for, for for ukulele players. That there, there's a, I lost count. I mean, I was a member of about six at one stage, and uh, so. Almost every day of the week, I had some place I could go to play ukulele, except Thursdays. People don't like Thursdays for some reason. <laughs> you got to have one day off. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, so I, I managed to find a, a, a niche to go and play music at least once a week. The, the, the other band uh, I play with is the, the Cooler Bar Collective, a, a group of now five people who uh, you know, play uh, a few covers, but most, mostly originals. And I, I enjoy that immensely. But there are, there are other small groups. There's a, the, the Shadies, a, a group that I used to play with, that, or the part, department I used to work with, that has got a, a group that still meets on uh, on Wednesdays, and that, that's a lot of fun. But there was a, one of the one of the formative ones was uh, was Lunchalele, a group of, of you know raw beginners who, who played at uh, at the Smiths Cafe in town, and. Uh, uh, I used to go to that every Monday, and uh, it welcomed everybody of all levels. And I started at the bottom and just practiced and practiced and practiced, <laughs> and sl- slowly got better and better. Um, and, that, and, and that's that's the key, I think, is just the more you play, the better you become. And and, and th- then I decided uh, I'd, I'd look for other or other outlets for music, and because I I'm not, not a singer, you know, we've had this conversation. You can sing, again. but you choose not to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I feel really uncomfortable singing, but I love playing. So I, I looked at other. Uh, other outlets, and there were several other groups around town that didn't play ukulele, but they played instrumental music and they in a jam like like session. Jam along was another one that played sort of bluegrass and country type music, like, so I went along to them, and and and, and I, st- I still enjoy going along to them because because they play without music, so I had to play everything by ear. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> so I had, I had to watch people's chords, and so that, that's why I sort of slipped into the baritone because. There were guitar players there, and subconsciously I was watching the guitar players' fingers. Something, not overtly, but I, I saw what the hands were doing and translating it to what I had to do. And when I was playing a, a tenor ukulele, it just got into a mess. There's so a lot I switched, of translating there, yeah. Yeah, so I switched to baritone so I didn't have to translate. And then it got to the stage where now I can just feel the chords. You know, they're, they're simple three-chord, four-chord songs. I can feel the chords coming, and, and if they give me warning, that, here comes a minor, watch out for this minor. <laughs> Uh, I can uh, I, I can I can strum along without music, and then uh, there was another group in, in town which doesn't play ukulele at all. It's the, the Canberra old time pickers and fiddlers that plays old time Americana music. I, I just really like the way they play. They're some really excellent musicians. They're playing fiddles and mandolins and banjos, and guitars. So I just went up. I went I went along for a whole year just listening to them and, and sort of getting the feel of the music and you know after a while someone said why don't you come along and play and and, and thankfully they they accepted me as a ukulele player so I sat in the in the in the background with my my baritone ukulele pretending it was a little guitar <laughs> trying to blend, blend in <laughs> yeah and, and after a while uh, yeah just I, I got the feel of the tunes and I could uh, could strum along I, I still can't play the, the melody like like they do because they're, they're just Fantastic musicians, and then there was another group um, that played uh, 
old English folk music. I mean, you think Morris dancing music, that sort of thing. And yeah. I, I <laughs> and 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 I I went along to long to one of their sessions. The same same thing as as that the, the ukulele was out of place. But uh, when I ended up with the the steel string uh, tenor guitar like ukulele. It didn't feel wrong, and because because it was it was such a quiet instrument compared to the you know, the, the noise of the fiddles and, and uh, tin whistles and all that sort of thing, uh, I, I wasn't getting in anybody's way. <laughs> and, and and now I'm now I'm doing the same thing with the the Canberra Irish session. So uh, again, it's a group of excellent musicians who, who sit around and jam, and I can sit there and play the, the rhythm part of, in the background, and I just have a great time. <laughs> Although not at the moment, I guess, because we're all locked down at the moment here in Canberra. Well, well f- funnily enough, um, I'm getting as much music in, well, almost as much music in post-COVID as I was beforehand, and, oh. and it's it's because of, of the Zoom, especially the this, this second lockdown. Something has changed in the Zoom configurations and, and the way it performs. That uh, um, we're playing Zoom sessions uh, four days a week now. Okay, and and, and it's working. You can. It, it's 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 working to the extent that you you have to have a strong player or pair of players at, at one end, and everybody else on mute, and you can play along. Well, it's 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 nowhere near the the fun and excitement of playing in a group of people. If you're learning to play, playing along with these people it means you could sit totally unselfconsciously in your own lounge room, make all sorts of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 not necessarily mistakes, but but you you can be adventurous. You can say, well, "What if I tried this progression over that that melody? Oh, that worked. Oh, that didn't work. I won't do that again." <laughs> so so you, you you get to experiment, and uh, I, I think my playing is improving with this lockdown experience because of uh, the lack of uh, judgment, if you like. There's, yeah, yeah. there's no one, no one, no one there to criticise you when you when you make a mistake. So you can you can be a bit more more daring and try things yeah. you may not have tried if people were listening. Yeah. So so that that, that, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I I, I thought oh, I'm not going to enjoy this very much. And some people have said, oh, Zoom's not for me. I'm not going to do it. But uh, if, if you if you change your mindset and say, well, I'm going to use this as a practice session, and these people are my backing track, it, it works quite well. And there's a social aspect as well. You get to see people you used to play yeah. with and have a chat. You get to see their faces, even if you, you can't get to see hear their them faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jim, one of the other things about you, as far as ukulele goes, is you have an ability to find the weird and wonderful things on the internet about interesting ukulele players. You seem to be the one who posts all the things on... We've got our um, Canberra Ukulele Player Facebook group. And you do come up with interesting things. Do you spend a lot of time looking for these or do people just send them to you? Um, No, they're they're all sort of uh, serendipitous. I'm a member of... uh, I'd hate to think how many Facebook groups that, that focus on ukulele, uh, banjo, tenor guitar, music theory, and that sort of thing, just just to keep my finger on the pulse as to what's going on because there's, there's, some, there's some exciting things happen out there. There's, there's, a, there's a, a lot of stuff you think, oh, yeah, I've seen that before, I've seen it before, and, and you just let it go through. You say, oh, that's interesting. Or you can say, oh, look what they did in that arrangement. We could try something like that in ours. Yeah. And uh, because what, one of the things that I'm noticing now is uh, it's all very well to have a nice tune, but what really captures people's imagination is the arrangement. If, if you have different people doing different things, 
um, different harmonies working in different ways, uh, different different rhythms, a bit of syncopation here, you know, a bit of rubato there, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. I, I get a lot of inspiration from from listening to how other people do do things on the or the sound they get out of a, a particular instrument. How how do they do that? You know, where, where did that note come from? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and 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 people are just incredibly generous. They'll they'll produce a you know a twenty minute instructional video yes. to show you how to do this. I'm just just so thankful for people like that. I know the resources out there are amazing, and I even find just on this podcast, so many guests I talk to say, "Oh yes, we've got all these instructional videos and things I hadn't seen." And you just look at how much is there and think, "Wow!" I mean, and yeah, most of it for free, some of it for you know a nominal amount of money. And do you you know wonder if, if when you started playing as a teenager, if the world hadn't changed and we didn't have all this free stuff, um, it would be very different, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it would. Um, but but having said that, I, I did did pay for a, a series of lessons, music lessons in, in Canberra, and they were advertised as a play music by ear. And I thought, oh, this this is uh, this is going to be good because I, one of the things I wanted to do was play music by ear. Mm. So it was, it was a ten week course, and it wasn't very expensive, but it was a ten week course, and, and we went along, and it was just. One theory lesson after another, after another, after another on chord theory, on harmony, on on progressions, on on on, on modes, on scales, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, and ninety nine percent of it went straight over my head. I said, I, I, I'm not learning a damn thing here. And then after after the thing finished, I said, Well, it was a lot of fun, but I didn't learn very much. And then I noticed that sort of months later, years later. I'm still learning from that same course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's what was going on there. So, <laughs> so all of this stuff that, that seemed to be irrelevant to playing music by ear at the time was absolutely fundamental to it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was the, the best investment I think I ever made musically. <laughs> <laughs> and I find that yeah, all that sort of chord theory, it's one of those things where, as you say, when you first learn it, it's just this whole – and you just – sort of think yeah okay this is great but I, I have no idea what you're talking about but over time it just it slowly slowly starts to sink in as you see things and you think ah oh, yes now mm. it makes sense I found that because um when doing my music lessons at the moment on on zoom and um my teacher is very into chord theory and so we've actually been working on quite a lot of that. And then I'm finding now I'm listening, looking at things and listening to other things and think, oh, that's what she was talking about. And mm-hmm. it's it's a really, it's such a fantastic thing to understand. And it's certainly helped me write. I've been, I, I have written a song, which is very exciting, listeners. Um, <laughs> you'll get to hear that in the last episode, not today. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something where you do look at that chord theory too and your circle of fifths and all those things. And it starts to actually make practical sense rather than just being some weird theory out in the ether oh absolutely i mean when people say oh, i you know, I, I don't want to learn learn theory i say well if if you don't learn theory it's going to make it really difficult for you to communicate with other musicians because mm. because if, if everyone in, in your group has the, the basic theoretical knowledge you can say something quite complicated in a very short time and everybody understands what you're doing you know it's it's a, it's a one six four five in e flat and everybody knows what's going to happen <laughs> Yep. <laughs> roughly, yeah, roughly, roughly. Um, but if, if you don't have that basic theory, uh, it means you've got to spell it out, and, and it just takes so much longer. I, I didn't used to be, but I'm now a great, great proponent of, yeah, put the time into to um, to, to learn some theory. It's, have you uh, ever written anything, Jim? Written um, music? No, I, I spend a lot of time noodling. 
And uh, you're a great noodler. <laughs> yeah, I, I spend a lot of time noodling and say, "Oh, that's a really nice progression. I, I like that. Or I like the way that that harmony goes." And, and I file it away. And and then uh, when when we're playing a song, I think, "Oh, yeah, that's where that'll fit." That you know goes. And and uh, um, sometimes it doesn't fit, but <laughs> I give it a go. <laughs> but 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 other people are, are motivated by songs. I think they they, they want the uh, the repertoire. So I, I I know that a big gap in my musical. Uh, Training is repertoire. I just, I, I don't like it. I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And I've wondered, Jim, is because you don't sing, I think it would be harder to write a song if you don't. And I know there are plenty of people who write instrumental music, but I, to me, writing a song with words and singing it is, so, I guess it makes it a, it gives it that structure and that purpose. It, uh, to me, that makes it a bit easier. Hmm. Um, yeah, but I've never actually tried. Uh, another thing that came out of this this course I was talking talking to you about is that uh, the, the instructor said, and what you have to do is sing sing the the part you're working on, and if you can sing it, you can play it. You know that, that sort of cliche almost. <laughs> if you can sing it, you can play it. And I just couldn't sing it. I just well couldn't or wouldn't sing it. I mean, just it just doesn't work for me. He says, okay, if you can't sing, how about vocalise it? <laughs> Vocalising. <laughs> and and he, he was absolutely right because if you go la di da di da it sets up the rhythm, it sets up the, the, the cadence that you have to follow. <laughs> you can just hum a bit, can't you? Uh, you, you, you well, I, I try to hum it, but uh, I, I make up sort of nonsense rhymes that, 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 fit, that fit the pattern of, of, the, of the rhythm, the rhythm especially. So, so, and and you, you'll see this in a lot of videos and, and instructions. If you're going to do claw hammer, for example, let's say uh, you strum it to a, a bum diddy pattern, bum diddy, bum diddy, bum diddy, and that gives you the, the feel. Or if you're in playing Irish music, it's, it's, it's diddly, 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 diddly to give you the, the triplets, <laughs> that sort of thing. So so I end up sort of mouthing that sort of stuff while I'm, while I'm trying to get the rhythm <laughs> right. Because uh, yep. one of the things I find really interesting about ukulele playing is the rhythm. Early on in the clubs, you know, you're taught uh, strumming patterns, you know, down, down, up, up, down, up, and all that sort of stuff. And, and it becomes very mechanical. But, but, but rhythms are a lot more complicated than that. If, if I had, had to do it all over again, I'd go and take drumming lessons, I think, to... to <laughs> you know, same... <laughs> I think even if you're not going to play the drums, man, it'd be useful, wouldn't it? Just to understand the rhythms. Yes. Yeah, so so I, I, I found that uh, numerous times. I think, oh, there's a really tricky rhythm in this song. And oftentimes people talk about the, the hook to a, to a tune or the hook to a song, and it's not the words and it, it's, it's not the melody. There's some little crick in the, in the rhythm. And if, you, if you're not careful, you can, you can go right over the top of it and you miss that, the, the thing that made that song. And so I'm always looking for the, the, the right rhythmic hook. To, to to get in there, and it's 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 really difficult when you haven't had any training in rhythm. Another eye-opening workshop I went to here in Canberra was by the same instructor who I mentioned before, and he was teaching a strumming workshop, and it was incredibly eye-opening for me because what he what he he said was, well, the ukulele is not really a melodic instrument. It's primarily percussive. Think of it as a, as a percussive instrument, and not only that, you're not the bass. So you're not leading the beat; you're following the beat with the hi hat or, or the snare. And, and he demonstrated this, and suddenly, you know, light bulbs went on. You think, ah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm 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 the, I'm the snare drummer. There's no one else. <laughs> I'm I'm doing I'm doing the snare. And, and, he, and he 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 had another thing where he uh, he sort of loaded us all up, got got us all strumming up down up down up down up down you know, sixteen times a bar or something, and then he got us to take away beats, to take away strums. So rather than building up the rhythm by 
by adding it. He did it by subtraction. And, and, and mm. this magically, this new rhythm appeared. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's another eye-opening moment too. <laughs> <laughs> and we should give him credit. It's Dave O'Neill. Yeah. Oh, so sorry, we, yes. We can, we can say his yeah, name. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a superb instructor. If you ever get the chance. <laughs> well, we've been chatting for a long time, so I think it's time for me to ask you the dreaded question, Jim. How has ukulele changed your life? Um, I, I've been sweating on this for a, for a week. <laughs> And, and and it it has it has been a absolutely it's been a pivotal pivotal point in my life. It, it gave me a, a a focus to uh, to divert sort of intellectual energy in, into uh, you know why why is this such an attractive instrument to so many people? Um, what what is it that uh, about the instrument and the music that uh, um, attracts people to it? And it sort of gave an intellectual pathway into in, into music generally. So so I you know ended up sort of. Uh, in avenues that I just didn't see coming. I never thought I'd be playing Irish music. I never thought I'd be playing old-timey music. I had no idea where that came from. <laughs> the old English music, Morris dance music. This, it just, ukulele was the gateway to all of these sort of things. And there's a whole heap of uh, people, different people who I would not otherwise have met. I mean, I, I would not have met any of the members in the new Black House, House Orchestra, for example. You wouldn't have met I wouldn't me. I have, wouldn't have met you. Or same with the, same <laughs> with the people in the Coolabar Collective or, or the people in Shady's or, or any of the other, other clubs I've been at. I've, I've met some fantastic people and musicians who I still have to pinch myself. How am I playing with these people? You know, they're world-class musicians. Some of them have recording contracts. <laughs> I'm strumming in the same room as them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, um, yeah, it's, and you know, e even um, the, the contacts I make sort of through the music to the school that you're you're working with, the the Beck Taylor School of Music. It's a, um, there, there are musicians there. That I think, how can I even know these people? <laughs> if anybody's the slightest bit hesitant about uh, picking up a ukulele, I say just do it. I mean, <laughs> so much is going to open. <laughs> well, Jim, it's been great to have this chat. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And I look forward to being able to do it in real life again. Yeah, that'll be nice, won't it? I wanted to play an instrument Those musicians are so cool And I wanted to be cool But I found playing an instrument Is kind of hard Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Janine Chandler, Jim Croft, Jasmine Fellows, Paul Marsh, Sandra Shaw and Chris Williams. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's episode, there are links in the show notes. You can also go to the Ukulele is the New Black YouTube channel for a playlist with songs relating to today's episode. this podcast please give it a rating or review on apple podcasts podchaser or wherever you listen to your podcasts and tell your friends episodes are released every second monday and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found i'll be back with another episode in two weeks
the new black.